Turn your Bibles to the book of Philemon, please. Philemon is right after 2 Timothy and Titus. Titus to be exact. When you get there, stand. All right, this is what God's Word says. Verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus, And toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such a One is Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Verse 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, because, uh, I'm sorry, I beseech thee of my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in times past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sinned again, thou therefore receiveth him, that is, mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever. And now as a servant, but not as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand, and I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even uh, thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have a joy, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But withal prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, and my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this day and this opportunity. Thank you for those that have come out. Pray now you be with me 
Give me the words to say to feed your sheep. And Father, pray that your word will reach its intended purposes. Speak to our hearts. And if there's one here today that knows you not, Lord, in the free pardon of sin, this would be the day of salvation for him before it's too late. We've heard the prayer requests. We just ask that your will be done with our petitions. And again, we thank you for this gathering and this opportunity to worship you, the living God. Forgive us for we fail you, for it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for reading a chapter in the Bible, a book of the Bible. I can honestly say that everybody here has read a book of the Bible. Amen. There's only a few verses, but you read a book, and I'm proud of you for that. And I want to encourage you. You are to be reading a book at least every day. You say, well, I can't read all of Psalms. It's got all of those chapters. You can read more than what you think. But let me just say something about reading. It's real easy to read words. I can read fast if I want to. I got to where I can't see anymore, and I wear glasses. But I can read words fast. But it's not about reading words fast. It's about taking the word of God and meditating upon it. And you know, believe it or not, when I study and prepare a message, I have to read the text over and over and over again so that I get the context. It doesn't just, oh, he's a preacher, it just automatically comes natural. Doesn't work that way, folks. You have to spend time in prayer and meditation. Now, with that said, we're talking here about Philemon. Philemon was a fellow that Paul knew in Colossus. In fact, the church was allowed to meet in his house, and he owned slaves. And understand something during the Roman Empire, at that period of time, there were about 60 million slaves now understand a slave was nothing but merchandise okay merchandise bought and sold at will they had no life they had no dignity they had no destiny it was all up to the master and you know I'm thankful for the book of Philemon you know why Because it's this book here that was the first book to come against slavery. And even though Philemon was a Christian, if you notice what we read, Paul didn't just jump on him with both feet and condemn him. He lovingly shared the gospel with him. And it was through that process that slavery began to be done away with. And listen, slavery is wrong. Y'all hear me? It's wrong. It's always been wrong. God didn't want anybody to be a slave. But I will say this. I am a slave now. Are you a slave? I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. He's my master. But I'll tell you this. I was also a slave to sin. 
And I was in bondage. And that's where we find Onesimus. You see, Onesimus was a slave that Philemon had in his household. And Onesimus broke away and ran off to Rome. And by the way, from Colossae to Rome is about a thousand miles. And when he broke away, he had to take stuff to maintain himself. I don't know what he stole. The Bible doesn't make it clear, but he stole some stuff. And he took off. Again, I want us to understand there's no one here that's not a bondage to sin. We talk about slavery and how it was done away with, and thank God it has been. But do you know still, there is a whole world out there that is in bondage to slavery of sin. Amen? Millions upon millions are in bondage. And just like Onesimus, and by the way, that word, his name means profitable. He was anything but profitable. He was a rebellious slave. You say, well, I can't blame him for being rebellious. I wouldn't want some master telling me what to do. It depends on which master. If it's Jesus, I don't mind him telling me what to do. I'm thankful he kind of does because he keeps me out of a lot of trouble. Now, if it's Satan, Satan's going to get you in trouble fast. And Onesimus wanted to be free, so he ran away. And beloved, whether we want to admit it today or not, you and I run all the time. Before, I'll be the first to attest, I ran away from God just as fast and as far as I could trying to stay away from Him. Because I wanted to live my own life. I wanted to be my own man. Didn't want someone telling me what to do. But can I say this? God will let you run as far as you want to. You can run. You can hide. But you know what? One of these days, he's going to catch you. He already knows where you're running to. He knows where you're hiding. He knows exactly who you are. And that was Onesimus. He ran from the household of Philemon, and he headed to Rome. Now, he was desperate. He was a slave. And by the way, being a slave, running away and stealing property from the master, from the owner of you as a slave, warranted death. And I guarantee you there are folks there in the household of Philemon that were calling for his death. As sinners, the Bible tells us that the wages of our sin is death. Spiritually eternal death. Condemned before God, one day facing the judgment of God. And do you know what awaits a lost sinner that dies without Christ? An eternal damnation in hell. And there are many that are under the judgment of God. They've ran from God. They don't want nothing to do with God. And 
One day, they're going to draw that last breath, and it's going to be too late. You see, don't you imagine Onesimus running off as a wanted man? Don't you imagine he was constantly looking over his back? Don't you imagine he didn't trust anyone? Just trying to stay away, to stay free in his own merits and his own works. And there are people in the world today just like him. You see, they want to blame the ills of society on why they are the way they are. But understand, the reason they're the way they are is because they were born with a sinful nature. They were born as God's enemy. Read Ephesians. We are the enemies of God until we're reconciled to God. But here is the great thing. Onesimus runs to Rome and guess what happened? He didn't get arrested by the Romans. No, no. He got arrested by Jesus Christ. You see, he ran thinking he could hide. But again, the Lord knew exactly where he was. And the Apostle Paul, I don't know what caused him to be drawn to the teaching and preaching of Paul other than the Holy Spirit. Nothing's done by accident with God, but I know he heard the message. And what happened? He trusted the Lord. And he was saved. Now, again, he was saved. But there was restitution, Brother Cyril, that needed to be paid. And what I'm thankful about the Apostle Paul here is is he is a picture, as Onesimus is a picture of mankind lost, undone, without God. Well, the Apostle Paul is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ as an intercessor. On behalf of Onesimus, he writes this letter to Philemon. And of course, he shares that Onesimus is now not a slave, but a brother. What a concept. Do you see why we use the book of Philemon when it comes to slavery? Because Paul's telling Philemon, do not look at him as a slave no longer. He's a brother. He's a family member. That statement right there is what helped do away with slavery. Because even though physically he was a slave, spiritually, no, he was a brother. A brother. So, we find this here. Just a couple verses, and I won't keep you too long, but notice what it says. Verse 15, For perhaps... He therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, 
especially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord? If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. And here's what I want us to look at. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. You see, what an example of Christ. You see, me and you owe to sin debt. We owe a penalty, and we're going to pay it one way or the other unless we allow the Lord Jesus Christ to pay that debt for us. And that's exactly what he did on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. He paid our sin debt. But here's a man that he didn't transgress God's law. He never committed a sin. But he was willing to take our debt upon himself so that you and I might be reconciled to God. And that's exactly what Paul did for Onesimus. Onesimus. He took upon that debt. Listen, if I owe you anything, charge it to my account. You see, Jesus is our intercessor. In fact, turn to Romans 8 real quick. I want to share a passage with you. Romans chapter 8. Look at what it says here. And I'm so thankful for this scripture. And if you don't have it highlighted in your Bible, I would recommend you highlight this. You see, he says in verse 34, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You see, He stands with us. You see, those of us that have been saved understand that our debt has been paid in full by the blood of Christ. Understand this morning that He stands on our behalf when the devil accuses us. And by the way, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. You see, he'll accuse us before God Yeah, how can you say he's yours when he sinned yesterday? How can you say he's yours when he sinned today? How can you say he's yours when you know he's going to sin until the day he dies? You know what Jesus says as our intercessor? As our advocate? This is what Jesus says. Yeah, but been paid his sins have been paid in full he no longer owes a debt he is a free man in Christ beloved I am so thankful for that you see I'm sure when Onesimus I'm sure it was kind of hard for him to want to go back because Even though, yes, he had found the Lord, even though he was saved, he was a family member of the Lord, knew his sins were forgiven, 
he knew how hard it would be to go back. Because he probably understood that, you know what? There's going to be some people still calling for my head. There are going to be people that aren't going to care. They're just going to look at me like I'm a slave. I ran away and I stole. And therefore, they're going to want Philemon to give me the penalty of death. Beloved, how many of us out there had people in our lives after we got saved, still didn't care for us, still didn't want nothing to do with us? Aren't you thankful? It's not about those people. It's about the Lord and his love for us. That's all that matters. But Paul said he would have been profitable had he stayed here with me. But no, I'm I'm sending him back to you, Philemon, because he'll be even more profitable for you. And as I studied that and I pondered on that, what was he talking about? I mean... Here's someone that stole from you. How would he be more profitable? And you know what? I come to the conclusion of, I believe, because the Lord let it on my heart and shared with me, the reason he would have been more profitable to Philemon was because Philemon, because he was now a brother in Christ, not just a common slave, that he owned, he was able to forgive him. And beloved, let me say something when it comes to forgiveness. We have to forgive to be forgiven, and that's true. But a lot of times we think that we're really doing something when we forgive somebody. Boy, he better be glad I love the Lord, I'm a child of God, I can forgive. Understand something. Don't you know that forgiveness is not for the benefit of the one that has wronged you. It's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. I wish we would learn that lesson. No. Paul was exactly right. Philemon, he is going to benefit you. Because you're going to be able to forgive him. And now, you have a brother that will be there to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, in your faith. But we go back and we see Christ as our intercessor. Where would we be if he wasn't there? Again, Christ assumed my debt and your debt when he died on the cross. And he not only is our intercessor, in other words, he not only goes before us, before the Father, but he is our advocate. You see, when the devil comes saying, yeah, he claims to be a preacher, he claims to be a good Christian, but he sure does miss the mark a lot. As an advocate, he says, Father, Paid in full by the blood. Paid in full. Aren't you thankful for that? You see, the Bible tells us 
in, I think it's 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, and I'm paraphrasing. If you want to look it up, you can. He says that if any of us sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. You see, what that means is because of Christ and what he accomplished on the cross of Calvary, we not only have our sin imputed, but we have the propitiation for our sins because of that sacrifice on the cross. And what propitiation means, it appeased God. God was satisfied with the price that Jesus paid. He was satisfied fully. I am thankful for the imputed righteousness of Christ. I am thankful for the propitiation of what Christ accomplished 2,000 years ago on the cross. It's because of what he did. God now doesn't see me as a Christ-rejecting enemy of his, but he sees me as his own son. If that don't light you shucks, they're wet. Amen? They're wet. The Lord is so good to us. Now, again, here's a man that's desperate. I don't know what his tasks were, but he was a slave. And believe me, that wouldn't be a life I would want. And he decides, I'm going to be free. But he wasn't free. Until he became free in Christ. Once he became free in Christ, his life changed. I can say the same thing. You see, I was once in bondage and slavery to sin. And the devil was my taskmaster. And he cut me no slack. I was miserable. I had no joy or peace. I longed for it. I wanted peace. But I was in bondage. Took several years. And lots of running. I ran and I ran as far away as I could from God. I ran many miles away from him. But praise God, he finally came to me. He cornered me through the Holy Spirit. And I put up the flag of surrender. Lord, I'm tired of running fact I don't want to run no more but I want to be free I want to be free from my sin I want to be free from the bondage that all sin entails listen sin will cost you more than you want to pay sin will keep you longer than you want to stay amen it'll do it understand Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. I don't know about you this morning, 
I can only answer for myself. I know where I stand. Where do you stand? I know I've been set free. Have you been made free in Christ? I know that my debt that I owe God has been paid in full. How about you? You see, if you want to become a free man, then you must come to Jesus. You'll never be free apart from the blood of Jesus. You say, that blood, why is it always about the blood? Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness for sin. Listen, Jesus shed his blood so that our sins could be cleansed once and for all. And I want you to understand, it's once and for all. All of our sins, time we were little babies that came into the world, till the time we leave this walk of life in death, if you know Christ, all of those sins have been cleansed once and for all. And if you're here under the sound of my voice this morning and you were not saved, understand, you can have your sins forgiven and cleansed and paid in full once for all. If you'll come and trust him and accept him by faith as your Savior. That's how simple it is. It's not hard. And that's the reason he came into the world in the first place. Now, Onesimus goes back. Now, the Bible doesn't say what happened, what transpired. But I know Paul sent him back. And Onesimus was never the same. And you know what? Philemon was never the same either because that wasn't his slave no longer. That was his brother. That was a part of his family, the family of God. And beloved, that's the change that the Lord will make in your life if you'll just come. I'm thankful for this passage, this book, if you will, because it describes man and his lost condition, and it describes Christ and his dedication to those lost men and women in the world today. He's our advocate. He took the debt we owed and paid it gladly. No one forced him to. He did it out of love for us. So if you're here this morning and you want to become a free man, now's the time to do it. And you'll know what freedom truly is. Freedom in Christ. See, can you not remember, those of you that are saved, can you not remember how it was, how we knew we were under the judgment of God? We knew that one day time would run out and we would face God in judgment. Oh, I remember that. There was times I couldn't even sleep at night. I was afraid I wouldn't wake up. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. So all of us are going to stand before God and give an account. 
You've heard me say it all these years I've been your pastor. The only thing that's going to matter when you stand before God is what you did with His Son, Jesus Christ. Accept Him or reject Him. It's the only thing that's going to matter. Thank God I had enough sense to accept Him. How about you this morning? Be free. Be delivered from the bondage of sin this morning. Come to Christ and stop running. You don't have to run. The Lord wants you to be free. And the only way we are free is when we're free in Christ. That's true freedom. I hope you possess that freedom this morning. But if not, let's have a song. Stand with me, please. And let's bow and ask God's blessing on the invitation. And my prayer again this morning is God deal with your heart. If you're not where you need to be in your walk with him, come up to the altar and ask God to help you. And return to him. He's right where you left. If you are not saved, especially, this invitation is for you. The Lord waits patiently. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be able to say when you're accused, Father, that's ours, paid in full by my blood. Father, that's the message. Simple, but to the point. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free in Christ. Lord, I don't know the hearts of those here, but if there's one here that's not saved or might be doubting their salvation, they're not sure if they're saved or not, Lord, I pray your spirit would convict them and draw them to you, Lord, and they can get that settled right here and right now before it's too late. Father, help us as your children to be grateful, to show more gratitude, Lord, for what we possess because of Jesus, Lord. I'm so thankful, Lord, that he is my intercessor. He is our advocate. Lord, we praise you for what you did 2,000 years ago to deliver us, to pay the debt we owe, that we might be reconciled back to the Father. Lord, you know the hearts of those that are here. Bless the invitation. Whosoever will, let them come. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. What are we going to sing? Page 405 in the red. 405. 405.